What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast. Happy New Year. Welcome to 2019. If you are listening to this, you are, you've heard, you've survived the, was 2018 good? Was it, I don't know if it was good or not. Uh, I'm Will Brinson. I am the host of the daily CBS Sports NFL Podcast. I am excited because we started this podcast in 2018. Sure, we didn't get mentioned as best new podcast um, on like Mashable or anything, but maybe somebody could nominate us, <clears throat> listeners. At any rate, 2019, we're going to produce a podcast every single day of the year, and one person we will be dragging on this podcast frequently, CBS Sports NFL Insider, Sean Wagner McGuff. What's up, buddy? How you NFL doing? Insider. Wow, <laughs> really overselling me here. Um, um, I will say, though, I will be very valuable – in the off season, when we have nothing to talk about and we can just talk about Game of Thrones, because I think I am probably the Game of Thrones insider. That that uh, is correct. We will have lot, we will have lots of Game of Thrones discussion. Uh, it is New Year's Eve as we record this at five twenty two right now. I'm drinking a Cali Cream and Vanilla Cream Ale from Mother Earth Brew Company. There's actually a Mother Earth Brewing in North Carolina, so I don't know if this is like a a, a lawsuit waiting to happen by by opening this up, but whatever. Um, I just got a text from a friend, Sean. This again, this is New Year's Eve, not New Year's Day. They are down in Jacksonville for the NC State Bowl game. Will have already happened when most people listen to this, when everybody listens to this. He says, uh, I'm not going to say the person's name, but this, one of my friends, just bit into my Bud Light can to shotgun it because nobody had keys. And you are definitely jealous that you're not there. I am not jealous of the man chewing on a Bud Light can, but I am jealous of not being there, 100%. You would be the guy joining in if you were there, 100%. Shotgun it? I wouldn't bite the can. You kidding me? Have you ever bitten a, a beer can? I've never done I have, that. I've not bitten a beer can. That sounds horrible. I've but. never bitten a beer can either. I've done lots of stupid things. I've never bitten a beer can, and I. That's never... exactly why I think you would be joining in because you have a history of doing really stupid things. Not biting beer cans. That's absurd. That's the craziest thing I've ever heard. Nobody's biting a beer can. Uh, anyway, let's get New Year's resolution: Don't bite a beer can. Um, by the way, Mike Mayock hired as the Oakland Raiders GM. Did we talk about that on Sunday Night Show? I don't think so. I don't think we did. It was rumored, though. Yeah, it was rumored to be out there. Mike Mayock um, said, I had Derek Carr as a first-rounder coming out. Says the key is to get pieces and build around him. So exciting news for the Carr family. Everyone loves the Carr family. Great quarterbacks. Derek Carr, of course, potential MVP and uh, pro bowler next year in 2018. Trying to, you know, my New Year's resolution, Sean, be nicer. Derek Carr? Just everybody give in general. It, give I mean, everyone the Philip Rivers treatment? <laughs> I don't have enough lotion to go around for that uh the uh oh. <laughs> the, um no anyway. i'm kidding um no i'm gonna be nicer in 2018 i said that or 2019 i said that in 2017 we'll see how it works out unfortunately we can't be nice because this is the everybody got fired show so we're gonna run through all of the openings let's do it uh do you have a general idea I, you know we're gonna do it in the order that i rank these openings and let's go through the pros and cons for each team now the team I have number one, there have been eight openings right now. We're going to blitz through them and talk about any rumors, any innuendo, what you like about the job, what you don't like about the job. My number one job, Sean, is the Cleveland Browns. They fired Hugh Jackson months ago, so this is not new news, and it's you know we're not going to don't want to spend too long analyzing it. But I think with the young nucleus that they have, the way that they finished the season, how close they came to the playoffs. How, I mean, they almost had an above 500 record, almost made the playoffs, uh, with Baker Mayfield, who to me is the second best young quarterback prospect in football behind Patrick Mahomes. The Cleveland Browns to me is easily the number one job available. The, the jobs, by the way, that have been open. Denver fired Vance Joseph. 
The Jets fired Todd Bowles. The Cardinals fired Steve Wilkes. The Browns fired Hugh Jackson. The Packers fired Mike McCarthy. I'm, the Buccaneers fired uh, Dirk Cutter. How am I already running out of gas here? Uh, what are the other two that I'm missing? Did you say the Dolphins? The Dolphins fired Adam Gase. That was the surprise one. And there's one more that I'm just not thinking or I can't count right. How is this even possible? What a good job preparing by me. This is how this is how long the day has been, by the way, that uh, that that it was that hard. What's the other job? What's the job I'm missing here? Who fired? The problem is that while you were listing them, I was just kind of zoning out because I already know them. So I don't know. I don't know what you missed. Uh, okay, well, did you say the Bengals? The Bengals. Thank you, Marvin Lewis. My God. It's well, he a- technically stepped down. Yeah, that's right. Um, anyway, so those are the eight jobs. Look, in my defense, it is 5 p.m. I got four hours of sleep. I'm like all cranked out on caffeine and, um, and, and just trying to get this podcast done before I go to a five year old, uh, kids New Year's Eve party. Very excited for that, Sean. Uh, anyway, Cleveland is my number one job. Do you agree or disagree that's number one? And what are your, what are your pros and cons about it very quickly? I agree 100%. I, I don't agree. That we don't have to get into this. I don't think Baker's the number two quarterback for me. I would put Deshaun Watson still over him, but that's just semantics. That's I, I think it's not just Baker, though. I think it's also Chubb. Um, I think it's very clear there's a few areas that Cleveland needs to get better at. Wide receiver, one of them, after trading Josh, Josh Gordon. Um, I don't think Jarvis Landry quite lived up to expectations, but I think for once – you, the Browns know what they have to get, and it's not a quarterback. And I think it goes beyond Baker Mayfield because that defense is really good. I think they finished the year second in takeaways. Uh, Denzel Ward obviously had some health issues throughout the year with concussions and whatnot, uh, but he looked really good, looked like the kind of guy that is always going to be like that Charles Tillman you know, turnover creator. Miles Garrett had an incredible season that I kind of feel like was lost because of the Khalil Mack and the Aaron Donalds and all that. He looks like everything like we thought he was going to be coming out of college. So I think this is a team that is really well balanced. It seems insane to think the Browns have the most attractive opening. I think by far, look, I think if Greg Williams can go five and three, um, with the Browns, which is an incredible record for a coach in Cleveland, I, th- I think you imagine what if you actually get a really good coach in there? Um, and then the one thing we were just saying to Ryan, who's obviously a Steelers fan is that, I don't think it's conceivable. I don't think it's impossible to think the Steelers are kind of a few years away or maybe even closer than a few years away from kind of stumbling off this ledge that, you know, teams like the Patriots are also kind of getting close. So you look, you had the Antonio Brown situation. Something could be brewing there. His cap hits going up. Big Ben has flirted with re- retirement for several off seasons. Um, you feel like he's going to step away soon. Obviously the Le'Veon Bell situation happened. You kind of feel like you have. The AFC North seems to be shifting, I think, the teams like the Browns yep. and the Ravens and away from the Steelers. All right. Uh, if you had your choice and you were hiring in Cleveland, you're John Dorsey. You get to pick one coach to hire in Cleveland. What coach would you go with? I will tell you who I will go with just on, on the event that you're not prepared for the answer. I've, I've got my answer. Okay. Give your answer. It's Josh McDaniels. Ooh. Uh, do you think Josh McDaniels should take that job? Absolutely. I mean, I think he made a mistake not taking the Colts job after seeing um, the job that um, Ballard did building an actual roster there. Yep. And I think he could be regretting that because I think, I mean, yes, the Patriots are the 2C. They're not really in that much trouble. But I think we're starting to see cracks. So I think the, the Cleveland job is such a good job. It and is, it's, it is. And these coaches are honestly really lucky that the Browns forced John Dorsey to keep Hugh Jackson and kind of delayed this coaching search because – if they had hired someone new at the beginning of last season, I think 
we wouldn't be talking about who are the Browns hiring. I think they would be talking about, you know, just building off of what they already have. So I think a guy like McDaniels would be incredibly lucky. The one guy I would be really kind of annoyed with just because I'm not a Browns fan, but the Browns are really fun and I like them is if they gave someone like uh, Mike McCarthy. I um, want uh, I want Adam Gase. I want Adam Gase in the uh, Browns. I think Adam Gase is a fiery individual who would uh, pair well with Baker Mayfield. Peyton Manning is given the one thing I worry about. And I wrote about this uh, on Monday is that Peyton Manning is out there maybe pushing Adam Gase because Gase was his coordinator in Denver in 2013, and I don't like the idea of Peyton Manning getting in Jimmy Haslam's ear and giving Jimmy Haslam advice, which Jimmy Haslam will then thrust or foist, as I use on the Sunday shows, two, two podcasts in a row with a foist, that's pretty good, uh, will then foist the, um, the, the situation, he will then foist that person onto, uh, onto, uh, John Dorsey. And I don't think you want to see that happen if you're a Browns fan, but I think Adam Gase and Baker Mayfield would be a good fit if, if Josh McDaniels can't, can't work out. I want to, I, I, so, so, so I'm the opposite. I saw that, someone's reporting that, right? That, you know, the Peyton Manning is trying to get Gase hired there. That is one of the hires I don't want to happen. And um, I'm just not sure what Adam Gase does well anymore. And I think, like, he, I've talked about this a couple weeks ago. Like, it seemed like when he was with Peyton, he kind of built up this reputation as this offensive mastermind and whatnot. And I kind of feel like the rest of the league has kind of caught up to him. And I think, in a way, he's lucky he got fired by the Dolphins because I think – he has somehow avoided disaster the last two years in Miami with a lot of luck. If you look at how many missed field goals they've had um, against them, it's incredible. I mean, over three years, his Dolphins teams got outscored by 243 points over three years. Um, so his real skill was winning close games. I don't know if that's a skill or if that's so much as, as luck and re- it's going to regress back down. Um, so he scares me a little bit. Um, I would like him better than Mike McCarthy. I think Gase deserves another job. I just think if they can get a guy like McDaniels, I'd much rather have that. All right. Uh, fair enough. My second job is the Green Bay Packers. And I understand that the, there are younger quarterbacks out there that other teams could snag. Uh, but I want Aaron Rodgers short window and I would actually pair Josh McDaniels with him, uh, in this situation. I think that would be fantastic as well. I, maybe if Josh McDaniels is like me and why wouldn't he be? Why wouldn't he want to be? Um, you know, he might like Cleveland better. Don't know if I have that option, but I think that, uh, McDaniels and Green Bay would make a lot of sense because he's worked with older quarterbacks. Do you disagree that the Packers would be your second pick in, in terms of open jobs? Yeah, I think it's close. I think. And this, maybe this will sound crazy, but I think maybe New York you could throw in just because they have Darnold and he's younger. Not to spoil the, the, the upcoming next thing we'll talk about, but yes, the Jets are my third choice. So that'd be fine. Okay. So I, I think you can flip them either way. Um, look, I like McDaniel. So odds are every opening, I'm going to say Josh McDaniels, but I'll give you one name I think could play well with the Packers and. Um, it's, it's Vic Fangio and sure. I know that they want to talk about getting an offensive guy, but you can still hire a creative young offensive coordinator and you have the added benefit of taking away one of the bears best weapons. Um, and that helps you in that division. So I, I would like Vic Fangio, Josh McDaniels up there. Um, I, I think the two names that we've already heard is Caldwell and Pagano. And we Stop. talked about how maybe that's not legit, yeah. but that is the complete opposite. Anything, but anything besides those, those guys. And like, look, I'm a bears fan when it came out that they 
interviewed Caldwell, I was like, yes, sign me up or Pagano, like absolutely get them in the door. Um, so I'm a little bit worried the fact that they interviewed that, who knows what happens. Um, but I, I think they need to go in the complete opposite direction of those two guys. Do you, um, how do you reconcile being a Bears fan who wants the Packers to be terrible with the idea of ruining Aaron Rodgers final few years by saddling him with Chuck Pagano and or, um, and or, uh, uh, who's the other, uh, Jim Caldwell. You think I have any reservations about that? That sounds amazing to me. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, I think that that in and of itself tells you everything you need to know about what the, what the Packers should not do. If Bears fans want the Packers to hire, uh, Chuck Pagano and Jim Caldwell, don't do it. All right. Don't go hire those guys. That would be really stupid of you. Uh, they'll probably do it anyway. I, 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 I would expect that they're going to hire a, a young up and coming coordinator, but it is interesting. We don't know what the timeline will be for McDaniels because he can't – you can interview while the team's on bye, but he's not going to bolt until after the, the Patriots are eliminated. That It's, it's all going to be you've gotta, And you've got to trust him at his word again. Right. And like, how can you do that after he did what he did to the you Colts? You need a route for the Patriots to, to lose. somehow lose sure. in, the, in their first playoff game because no one's going to be able to trust him. Um, you, can't, and, you, can't, you can't take McDaniels for his word that he's going to leave New England and come coach your team and agree to sit on the sidelines for four weeks. You just can't do it. Like, you just can't. I mean, like, that's how you, I mean, it's how you end up with Frank Wright. It's a good, you know, great job by Chris Ballard, but I mean, that's a, that's more lucky than good. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I don't think there is that Frank Wright kind of guy hanging out there. Like it would have been like a DeFilippo this year, but I mean, he got fired in the middle of the season. So I think this year there's just not as many good for sure candidates that, you know, last year you think about, like, I think everyone was high on Nagy. Everyone was high on Reich and McDaniels before he um, turned down their offer. So I, I think this year, it's, I think it's, that's why I keep on saying, like, oh, I'm probably going to say McDaniels for every job opening. I don't know if there's a slam dunk hire out there. Yeah, I'm with you. All right, number three for me, the New York football Jets. Um, I think they've got a ton of, they, well, they know they have a ton of cap space coming up this year. We don't know what they're going to do with it. Uh, Sam Darnold, I still think is going to be an excellent quarterback, um, at the NFL level. I am in no way concerned about, uh, Sam Darnold's future. So I think that the Jets, with what they have, the pieces that they have on offense and defense, there's not a ton of them, but you know, they have Jamal Adams, they have Leonard Williams, they have Darnold, they have enough blue chip players where if they have a good draft this year and they make some moves in free agency, um, they're going to be in good shape. And I think that, I think that Christopher Johnson, the, the new CEO who replaced Woody Johnson has done a good job being patient and being prudent and not, you know, forcing a bunch of stuff. And as a result, I, I like this Jets job. It would be number three for me. I think it is closer to the Packers than, um, than the, the Packers are to the Browns even. And, and, and I think that somebody is going to get a, uh, I think the Jets are going to be an attractive hire here. I don't know if they can pull like a John Harbaugh or Jim Harbaugh or a John Harbaugh trade or whatever possible, you know, situation that could be. But I think they can certainly get a young offensive mind to come work with Sam Darnold. Yeah. Like you think about Zach Taylor or someone like that. I think for the Jets opening and the Cardinals opening, I think it's very clear to me. Um, that they need to go into that young offensive mind, more so even than the Browns, because I think Baker even showed this year that he's not as much of a project. He's already NFL ready, and these guys need a little bit more developing. So I think a guy like Zach Taylor, I, again, it's just bad timing, because I feel like last year there were so many Zach Taylor type of guys, and this year it seems like he's the only one. I think he's already been requested for like two teams 
to be interviewed. And so you figure it's going to be competitive for him. Uh, I mean, there's no way Josh McDaniels would go to the Jets, right? Like that's. I don't think he can do that to Bill Belichick. That would be. That would be like shooting yourself in the right. in the leg. Um, a couple of names I thought were interesting. Uh, two from the offensive side: Eric Bieniemy, who's Andy Reid's offensive coordinator, was promoted there this year. Uh, anybody from the Andy Reid coaching tree is interesting to teams right now because you have the success of Doug Peterson. Uh, you have the success of Frank Wright, who wasn't necessarily from the Reid coaching tree, but came up under Peterson. Uh, you have the success of Matt Nagy, who was the, off- the last offensive coordinator to leave. And so Biennemi is certainly drawing some interest. Um, Todd Munkin is an interesting name to watch out for. The Buccaneers offensive coordinator, I, I, I assume he is – fired along with Dirk Cutter. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was, right? I mean, like, yeah. okay, just making sure. So he's a free agent. Munkin actually took over Southern Miss after they had a winless season. That's his only head coaching experience at any level. But he took over Southern Miss, and he got him back to a nine-win team in, in, in three years, which is pretty good work. Uh, his offensive system with, with the Buccaneers had success with both Ryan Fitzpatrick and Jameis Winston. And to me, I would rather take a flyer on a guy like Munkin to come in and work with Sam Darnold than to – do like Jim Caldwell or uh, or somebody else. Matt Campbell, according to Ian Rappaport of NFL Network, turned down an offer to interview with the Jets, which is a little concerning. Um, Matt, Campbell, Matt like, Campbell of Iowa State, by the way. I think Tampa Bay maybe also maybe made a mistake by not firing Cutter during the season and seeing what they had in Munkin because but, well the only problem is that's what they did with Lovey Smith. <laughs> they were like maybe sure. no the no season, I'm, yeah. I'm aware that's why they fired Lovey Smith because they were like we can't lose Cutter. Um, but you look, Tampa Bay had terrible turnover issues all year, but if you actually look and you put Jameis's stats with Fitzpatrick's stats, they were the third best passing team in the league behind the Chiefs and the Rams. Like that, that offense was really good. And I think anytime you're making Ryan Fitzpatrick look really good, I think there's something there. Um, I think the Jets job is also attractive for the same reason we're talking about the Browns job is, you can kind of see the end in sight for the Patriots, and it's going to sure. soon become a little bit more of a free-for-all, at least at some point during Darnold's career. And so you're not in a rush where I think next year you have to make the playoffs, but you're in a rush where two years from now you need Darnold to be um, where he's supposed to be. And I think what we've seen this year is he's, he had that good first game, and then he was really bad for a month or two. And now you watch him play, and he looks like that guy. So I think the Jets job is attractive because I don't think you have – as long as Tom Brady and Bill Belichick are, are there, I don't think anyone's going to say you have to win the division, um, which gives you a year or two to get Darnold up to speed and build a better team around him. And they've got a lot of cap space, and they're probably going to sign Le'Veon Bell. If we had to bet on who's signing him, I think everyone would put money on the Jets are signing Le'Veon Bell. So I, I think the Jets, more so than other teams, they've already kind of done the rebuilding, and they are kind of ready now to take off. Uh, I'm with you. I, I think the one thing I would have a little concern about, a little hesitance, um, is, is the fact that, that, that Bill Belichick and Tom Brady are still there. And I get that it's going to come to an end at some point, and it might even be 2019. That's a dangerous gamble to take. Just as a reminder that, uh, Sean McDermott, who was hired two years ago, is now the 16th longest tenured coach in the NFL. That's crazy, man. And the fact that two more guys, 18 coaches have been fired, uh, since Bill Belichick was hired as the head coach of the Patriots in just the AFC East. That's a lot of coaches. So you have to be a little bit careful with that, but I'm with you. I, I like the Jets job. Um, number four. So that means we have the Cardinals, the Bengals, the Dolphins. 
Did you think I could remember all these jobs, right? <laughs> I'm, I'm writing them down as you say this. The Buccaneers. And um, this is just um, – it's been too long a day. This is ridiculous. Cardinals, Bengals, Dolphins, Buccaneers. Are we – are we missing anything? Who do we miss? Um, oh, the Broncos. All right. So, yeah. All right. That's it. I that's think there's it. a big gap now, by the way, between those top three. There's and I think yep. there is a chunk. There's a big chunk. I agree with you completely. Um, I would say that for me, the next job on this list, and it's actually probably above the other jobs by, by another big chunk, is the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, I know that they just fired Steve Wilkes after one year. But if you're any kind of offensive-minded coach – and or if you're any kind of guy who can just be enthusiastic and be the opposite of Steve Wilkes, I think you can go into Arizona. And I think that Steve Kime should. I think he's going to have a better. I think he's going to have a good off season this year after a rough off season last year. I think he's sort of you know reprioritized things. They have Josh Rosen. We don't know if Larry Fitzgerald will be back, but they have David Johnson. Um, you know, there are a lot of young, there's, there's a, a, enough young talent there with Buda Baker, Dion Buchanan, Chandler Jones, Patrick Peterson, uh, where I would, I would buy into the idea that you can go into Arizona and at least compete in your division, even though it's a tough spot. The fact that they have Josh Rosen, who I believe is a franchise quarterback, puts it, you know, and just one year in, moves it a, a pretty good deal ahead for me. Yeah. And if you, Phrased it this way: What if Josh Rosen was coming out this year in the draft? Would oh, he be, be the, the top? He would be the top quarterback, he'd right? Be the top pick. He'd be the number one. Exactly. Pick. Yeah, so easily. you look at it like that, and yeah, that's a good point. You, so I think that in this quarterback class obviously isn't good, but so you're getting that kind of potential. Um, the one job I I think to me is kind of close, and they don't have a quarterback is Denver because I think Denver um, has remained competitive even though they don't have a quarterback. So if they can get a quarterback, imagine what they would be able to do. You're bad. Yeah. And I mean, like just from looking at it, like from a division standpoint, I mean, would you rather, I would think you might rather take the, over the next three to four years, are the, who's more dangerous, the Patriots or the Chiefs slash Chargers and Rams slash Seahawks? I would rather be in the AFC East. I think you would be that, which is insane to say, but I mean, like at some point, you know, it's going to come to a close, especially if Josh McDaniels leaves. Like if Josh McDaniels takes the Packers job or the Browns job, all of a sudden you don't know what the Patriots will be post Belichick, and you certainly don't know what they're going to be post Brady. I think that Belichick would keep him competitive, but to me, that you know that provides an opportunity there. So and um, the uh, the Cardinals, the the funny thing is, is also is that it's only this year that they fell off a cliff, and yeah, last year they were were they they were eight and eight, and it's not like they lost that many players. They still have uh, Chandler Jones, who's one of the best pass rushers. You, you mentioned Fitzgerald. We're not sure if we're going to get him back. But the entire narrative of the season has been what are the Cardinals doing on offense, and they are completely wasting away David Johnson. I don't think David Johnson is suddenly bad. I think he was misused this year, and I I think it was really refreshing to see the Cardinals. You know, you don't never want to see anyone get fired, but it was like I felt relief that David Johnson is finally freed from this system that took him until November to realize that you can throw the ball to him. And just looking at his box score every game is just the most frustrating thing. So I think there are definitely pieces there. Uh, Christian Kirk actually looked good in stretches yep. as well with big plays. I, I, it's a tough division is the only problem because the Seahawks, they're not going to go anywhere. I mean, they just did a reset on the fly, and they're back in the playoffs, and then obviously you have the Rams. But I, I, I think if you look at it from the perspective that Josh Rosen would have been the top pick in the draft – I think you have to take the job because they did the hard part. They got the quarterback, a quarterback that a team like Denver is not going to get this year. Also, if you're the, if you're the Cardinals, go get a young offensive mind and do exactly what the Bears did. I understand it's not as easy as that. 
but you can get an offensive line and some weapons for him. You know, put some pieces around him, get him a guy who can you know build up the defense. I mean, like it's not. It's cr- not that not that different. You think about it, like. John Fox didn't know how to use Tariq Cohen last year. Matt Nagy comes and uses Tariq Cohen. You make the David Johnson argument there. Mitch Trubisky was stuck in a horrible offense and didn't look good. Now he's in a, you know, wide open scheme. Their Cardinals defense actually was pretty good for a decent amount of the season and they fell off a little bit at the end. Um, so there's definitely pieces on that defense. I agree with you. I think they are that team that could make, I don't know if they're going to make the playoffs, but they're that team that's going to make that jump, um, that, you know, when it's we good. write articles, who's going to be the 2018 Bears like we did, who is going to be the 2017 Rams, if, I think the Cardinals if, are a good prospect. If they end up getting the quarter, getting the coach and, and surrounding him with, with the proper people. This is that. why I think for them, Zach Taylor, because you're also disarming the Rams in yep. the process. And I think they already requested – yeah, they already requested an interview. Um, same with the Chiefs offensive coordinator. Yep. And I think either of those hires would be good. And the uh, why am I blanking on the Chiefs offensive coordinator's name? Uh, Eric, uh, Bien- Eric Bieniemy. Um, so the problem with him is people say he's not experienced enough. People forget Matt Nagy wasn't that experienced Nagy, when he got Matt the Nagy, Bears up. Matt he Nagy called plays. Season. Yeah, yeah. What are you worried about here? Matt Nagy and called... he and he choked in the playoffs. Um, and so like there wasn't that much on him at the time. But I think just being around Andy Reid obviously you know pays div- dividends. Interesting that the Cardinals also fired Byron Leftwich. Um, and I, not that, not that, not that David Johnson was good under Byron Leftwich, but I sort of thought that they would remain loyal to him and, and maybe keep him around. But I like this idea, like, hey, let's do a whole wholesale reboot. What we just did in 20, 2018 was a full-blown disaster. Let's clean house, get Rosen a new guy, and if you're Steve Kime, do what do what Ryan Pace. Ryan Pace was on the like could have gotten fired. Ryan Pace wasn't, you know what I mean? Like he wasn't guaranteed yeah. to have a job after this season if if this is a disaster. So do exactly what the Bears did. Do what the Rams did, reboot it all, and, and, and try and make that happen. Um, next up for me is a tough one. I think uh, – It's to Denver s- for me. Yeah, it's probably Denver for me too. I will say that, that the one thing that is concerning about Denver is that you literally have no idea what the ownership situation is going to be. And maybe that's good because you're John Elway's guy. But, I mean, he's he fired Vance Joseph after two years and wanted to fire him after one year. He under John Elway is taking increasing heat for the problems that the, that the Broncos have had and is clearly, you know, willing to deflect it onto, you know, onto the coach in, in these situations and fire the coach. So you do have to worry about that. You, you have an investment in Case Keenum that you're locked into. Uh, defensively, you know, it, it sounded like Chris Harris said today that, you know, or said on Monday that they, he thinks it's going to be a full-blown rebuild and that they're rebooting. Which is not ideal, but they have Bradley Chubb and Von Miller, uh, nice pieces on offense with Cortland Sutton and Philip Lindsay and, and, and Deshaun Hamilton. I just think it's a matter of, do you want to take the risk that comes with jumping into that division with an ownership situation that is very much in flux when you're answering to John Elway, whose job also might be on the line very quickly? Yeah, I think the, I think more concerning than the ownership is the fact that you have John Elway as your general manager, yeah. who has shown a complete inability to get a good quarterback in there besides Peyton Manning, obviously. Um, and so, but I think, I think if you look at all these jobs now, you know, we're talking about the Bengals, the Dolphins, the Bucks, they all have quarterback problems. Um, they all need to figure out what they're doing at quarterback, which could take a while. And so the reason I like the Broncos better is just because they at least have some pieces in place. I think they actually have some good wide receivers there. Um, and Emmanuel Sanders is going to be gone, though, correct? Uh, Emmanuel Sanders will likely be gone, yes. 
Yeah, and I think Chris Harris will be going. I think that's why Chris Harris is saying that. Because... Chris, Harris, Chris Harris is cheap. He'll be there. He'll be there. Is he there? Okay, he's, but it's his last year of the deal. He'll be one. He'll be on a really cheap last year of his deal, and then yeah, he might have a holdout. I mean, who knows what he'll do this offseason, but he'll, he should be there, yeah. So I think they've got a good infrastructure there. Like They've got a good home field advantage. This is a team that almost beat the Chiefs um, in Denver. Uh, they beat the Chargers once. They, you know, they, I don't know if they played well in week 17, but they were kind of in that game against the Chargers again. I, I don't think they're that far off. And I think the question is, do you trust John Elway to pick a quarterback? Because to this point, he's done Brock Osweiler. And let's not, let's not forget, he wanted to sign Brock Osweiler to a long-term deal, but Brock Osweiler refused to pick up the phone and screwed him over. So he dodged a bullet with Brock Osweiler. And then he drafts, he trades up to draft Paxton Lynch, um, and saves the Cowboys from drafting him. And then he signs Case Keenum. And, you know, his best looking quarterback prospect has been Chad Kelly, who has clear off the field issues and can't say eligible to play. So I, I think John Elway is the biggest problem. And I don't think he's going to get fired because I think, I think this is why you don't hire a franchise legend player to be your general manager because it, it's just going to get, it's going to get, Ugly, and I don't know if the Broncos are bad enough to fire him. That's I don't think they they're run, they're not running out disastrous teams. They're running out competitive teams, and I think Elway can keep saying, "Look, we're just a quarterback away. We're just a quarterback away." Look how good Bradley Chubb played this year, and like you got to give him credit. Bradley Chubb did play really well, but at the same time, he passed on a bunch of quarterbacks uh, he could have had. And it's a shame we don't have draft expert Ryan on because um, <laughs> he would tell us the quarterbacks aren't gonna they're they're not the Josh Rosens this year. No, the quarterbacks stink this year. It's um, so who do they are they gonna? I'm afraid the Broncos are gonna trade for like Joe Flacco or sign Joe Flacco. I think they're gonna ride out Case Keenan for one more year. I, I guess uh, it's it's effectively a two year deal. Is it a two year deal? I think it's a two year deal. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. No, it is a two year deal. Yeah, I mean, like they have him for one more year. I think they're gonna try and ride him out for one more year. See what they can do. Um, in the draft and, and potentially, you know, add somebody. Maybe maybe they like Daniel Jones. Maybe they like. Um, uh, you know, Ryan Finley, who they could grab in the second round or something like that, and they, they want to groom somebody. Uh, you know, look, the bottom line is that the Paxton Lynch, this is, ju- it's no different than like the Blaine Gabbert situation for Jacksonville or anytime somebody drafts a, a quarterback in the first round and misses, when you, when you miss on a quarterback in the first round, I got bad news for you. Like you, you can set your, you can set your team back multiple years and that, that's really what the Broncos have done. They need to hit on one and, the, the problem is Elway feels so much pressure that he might reach for somebody. I think you go in there with Case Keenum again and a new coach, see what you can drum together, and then if you have to, you draft a quarterback in, 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 tw- in the 2020 draft. But I don't think uh, this is the spot where you draft in. In hindsight, Bradley Chubb had, a, had an incredible year. In hindsight, do you think they should have drafted a quarterback? Or Yes, yes. yes okay. Yeah. I, 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 well, they wouldn't have been able to get Darnold. So it would have been would Josh have been Allen. Josh or... Allen or Josh Rosen. Yes. I mean, yeah. I mean, like, if you draft Josh Allen or Josh Rosen and they have a decent season behind a, uh, on a pretty good offense in Denver and you add Cortland Sutton and you add Deshaun Hamilton, um, and you have Von Miller still there, all we're talking about is how the Broncos are set up for the long haul and Elway right. finally and got his guy. And, and, and they're I, taking the pass rusher this year in the draft that doesn't have quarterbacks yeah i mean and i love bradley chubb and i think he's probably one of the three or four best defensive rookies but i mean you gotta take you gotta take the quarterback when you got a shot to take the quarterback right so i think that's even a bigger miss than the paxton uh lynch miss because the paxton lynch miss at least came in the end of the first round and people knew he was a developmental guy and he just never developed 
Whereas this, I think all of us were kind of screaming, take a quarterback, take a quarterback. Case Keenum is not your answer. Um, and I'm not, I'm still not really sure why they, they pass on a quarterback. I'm with you. I would have taken Josh Rosen. Yeah. I, I liked Rosen a lot. I love Chubb and I, it was almost, it's almost unfortunate for Elway that the Browns took, uh, Denzel Ward instead of Bradley Chubb because Elway was, Elway was then going to trade down. So he just wasn't taking a quarterback, but that's on him. Like if he thinks that Case Keenum in free agency is fine and he can win with a gritty quarterback like that, like dude, you won two Super Bowls. Mike Shanahan won two Super Bowls with you. And he had Terrell Davis in a great running game, but he had John freaking Elway, granted on his last legs. But I mean, come on, dude. It's just it's just hubris to say to think that you don't need a quarterback in there. All right. Uh, I, no, go ahead. No, I was just well, I think maybe you look at how he won the Super Bowl, I and mean, yes, he had Peyton Manning, but Peyton Manning was the worst starting quarterback in the league that year, and maybe he thought he could run it back again if thinking Case Keenum will be better than Peyton Manning uh, than he was in that season. The problem is that the defense just isn't as good as it was because the defense was getting comparisons to like the all-time great 2000 Ravens 85 Bears defenses. And yeah. this defense is good. It's not that it's not that defense anymore. You you, you can't have a non-ascending offense while you're having a declining defense. It's just not going to work out. Uh, next up, so we've covered our top four, which means there are four left. That means there are the Buccaneers, the Dolphins, the Bengals, and of course Sean. The team that I keep forgetting. This is how did I do this? Wait, are you sure there's not only three left? There's eight jobs, right? But how many? How many have we listed? I'm putting that. I'm just the guest here, man. I'm just answering your question. Oh, we have no. We have listed five. The Broncos. Yeah, the Cardinals. Are yeah, four, yeah. I have three. Five. I have Bengals, Dolphins, Bucks left on my. Don't, don't I'm the guest, me. Throw me under the bus on my own podcast, you traitor. Uh, this is the last time I take care of your New Year's Eve shift. Um, I would say that – so let's lump these three together because I think that they're pretty close in value. Um, can I, you rank them for me though? We, we can talk about them all at once. I'm just curious to know how you – Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm going to rank them. I'm just saying let's uh, – so I think I would say that the Dolphins, then the Buccaneers, then the Bengals. The Bengals is the worst job. Yeah, I, I agree, and I think the Bengals are also going to make the worst head coaching hire um, out of all these teams because you look at the names that are rumored, and it's guys who are just on the staff. You might as well just kept Marvin Lewis if you're just going to promote someone on his staff who's been there for forever. Um, I don't know how I feel about the Bucks and Dolphins. I think they're pretty much equal to me. I think the one nice thing about the Bucks job is if Jameis sucks next year, you're for sure moving on from him. I guess you can say the same about the Dolphins and Tannehill. See, here's, here's the thing. Here's the thing with the. All right, here's the comparison with the the two jobs for me. Uh, one is that with the Dolphins, you've gotten rid of Mike Tannenbaum, who clearly you know had Stephen Ross's ear, but that wasn't working out. You're going to start brand new with Chris Greer as your GM, who's been given control over there. So that's a spot where you're being linked up as the GM's first hire. You guys are in, you know linked together. And to me, that's a big plus. Whereas in Tampa. Jason Light. Now, granted, this is Jason Light's first real hire. He was sort of forced to make a play for Dirk Cutter, who was going to leave for the Dolphins job. Uh, and he wasn't, he was hired after Lovey Smith was hired. He was paired with Lovey. So to me, I, I, but I think that the, the, the Buccaneers, the Glazer family is so quick with the trigger. They've had 10, they've had five head coaches in the last 10 years. They're hiring their sixth head coach in like, since they fired John Gruden in 2008. They, they just are, they are willing to, to pull the trigger immediately. And if you come in and you can't fix Jameis Winston next year, 
you're in such a tight window to figure out what Winston has and what Winston can do that I think that it's just a weird spot to be in. So I would take the Dolphins over them, uh, knowing that you're getting a fairly blank slate at the quarterback position and maybe some, some leeway, e- even though I think that the Buccaneers probably have better young overall talent. Yeah, I, th- I was going to say, I think the Bucks have a better overall roster. I don't know if this would be considered like hot takey, but I would rather have a chance to work with Tannehill <laughs> and develop him than Jameis. I, I, I don't you, like. I don't know if the stats back that up, but I think from the film I've seen over Tannehill's career, I think there's maybe more coachable potential. Like for me, Jameis is Jameis, and he's going to make his dumb mistakes no matter what. Whereas I think we've seen Tannehill at times play really well with Gase. And I was just saying how I'm not big on Gase's offense, so I would like to see Tannehill um, with a guy who isn't just running screens and the short stuff that Gase likes to run. Um, what division would you rather be in, the AFC East or the NFC South? Uh, I think it would rather be in the NFC South because you you haven't uh, you haven't seen the, the Falcons could be in a reboot. They've got Matt Ryan. They're stuck with him, but Dan Quinn could get fired after next year. They fired three assistants. Um, He's definitely on the hot seat. If you fire everyone but yourself. Yeah, you are, you are clearly on the hot seat. Um, I think that, uh, you have a situation where in Carolina, Ron Rivera is certainly under the microscope and we don't know what the long haul future of Cam Newton is going to be. And then the Saints, Drew Brees and Sean Payton are, you know, going to be dangerous for the next two or three years. But that's, you know, I mean, like Drew Brees is coming to a close. And so the Saints are going to be changing things too. Whereas, um, you know, with the, uh, with the AFC East, yeah, with the AFC East, you have, you have Darnold and Belichick. Maybe Josh Allen. And jo- I think Josh, you got Josh Allen's a problem. And then you got, uh, you got, you know, Brady and Belichick for at least, I mean, they've gotten people fired pretty quickly before. So I would, I would say that you want to be, um, in the NFC South, but I think it's pretty close there. It's also, it's easier. I've got the contract numbers up. It's, it's easier to move on from Jameis. I'll say in favor of the Bucks job is again, you have this year, this upcoming year. And if it doesn't work, it's a pretty clean break from Jameis. Um, and you figure if Jameis doesn't play well enough to get a new contract, you're going to be picking pretty high. And, um, I don't, I'm not sure what the draft class is looking like for the next year, but you got to assume it's better than this year. Um, but you look at Tannehill's contract and, it's a little bit more, I mean, they can cut them this year and they can save 13 million, but they're still eating 13 million in dead cap. Um, and it's, it's not until 2020 that it's really easy to cut them. I mean, he's under contract up until 2021. So I think the nice thing about the Bucks is you can move on from Jameis pretty quickly. The problem is that there's a very good chance that you are going to get paired with the GM who is going to get fired after your first season. And then suddenly you're in one of those weird situations that we see all the time. It happened with Dorsey and Hugh Jackson. Um, years ago, it happened with um, Emery and Lovey Smith. And you, ne- the GM, never wants to keep that coach. Right. You can be a good. I mean, Lovey Smith was a pretty good coach for Chicago, and he won ten games the year he got fired. But Emery made up his mind that he wanted his guy. They all want their guy. So I think the Bucks' job is a little bit problematic for that reason. Yeah, I, I'm with you there. And again, like Light could. Be fired next year if, if it doesn't work out and, and the Glazer family decides to, to go nuts. And then finally, we agree the Bengals job stinks. Yeah. I mean, I mean, here's the thing about the Bengals job though. Like if you take that Bengals job, you might be there for 20 years. Stability. Yeah. I mean, Mike Brown's not trying to fire anybody. He's also probably going to give you a three year contract. You're going to have a, um, a fairly limited, budget but you're not going to be the pressure is not there you just have to win one playoff game and you're getting a statue in cincinnati 
Um, you know, they have they have Andy Dalton. They have AJ Green. Is Andy Dalton a a, a plus or is he? I don't know. I think he's a meh. I mean, he's he's not a negative. His contract is okay. That's, con- like, that's what makes contra- it okay. Yeah. His contract is good. AJ Green's thirty plus. That's a problem. Tyler Eifert's too hurt to be an impact player. Joe Mixon is very good. Um, the offensive line, I don't know if it's gotten necessarily better. They do have players on the defense, but if Marvin's moving on, you know, is it going to fit the the new regime that's coming in? So yeah, I think there's a lot of questions about Cincinnati, and that would be the least likely job that I would take. I wouldn't be surprised at all if they hired Hugh Jackson, hired Vance Joseph, hired Jim Caldwell. I mean, some kind, you know, I mean, like uh, any kind of retread. Uh, coach who's willing to work for cheap and to come in and keep the floor kind of high, I, th- I, th- I just think is going to be what they end up doing. I, I just think yeah. that's obvious that they're going to do yeah, that. Yeah, they're not taking a chance on some young offensive mind who could flame out um, who everyone else wants. They're going to go after, I think, I agree. They're going to go after like a Marvin Lewis type of boring, you know, thing about Jim Caldwell, who I feel like we're probably a little bit too mean to Jim Caldwell because he actually did pretty well. And look, we saw what Matt Tr- Patricia did this year. Um, they fell off a cliff without Jim Caldwell. Uh, I think the problem with Cincinnati is the division is so good and they are by far the worst team in that division, I think, because I think we can reasonably project that the Browns are going to improve. Uh, the Steelers for all, we're talking about them falling off a cliff. The, the they're Browns, not, they're the not Browns, going away. The Browns almost made the playoffs, as we pointed out. This, the Ravens did make the playoffs with a rookie quarterback and the Steelers for all the drama with Antonio Brown. And he apparently was sat out uh, in week 17, not because of an injury, but because of a fight with Big Ben. Uh, you know, that team's not just going to disappear. I mean, this is they've a, got a couple of years. Yeah. I mean, it's a team. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like they have a couple of years left before they just like evaporate into nothing. Ben Roethlisberger is not going away. This is a horrible job. It, I mean, it's just it, like maybe you can turn it around quickly. I just don't know how that happens, and I, I, I just don't think it's a very good job right now. And this is why they're looking at so many candidates from within. I mean, they have to, you know, they're not. Well, maybe they are dumb, but you think they're not <laughs> dumb. They they understand that uh, they don't have. Look, I just look at. I was going to say so many of these openings. I feel like this year are really good openings. And I feel like sometimes you have so many of these Bengals jobs. I mean, the Browns job used to be like that. But you have so many so many openings. You have you can go coach Baker Mayfield. That's that's a huge win. You can go coach Aaron Rodgers. I mean, when does that pop up? Right. You can go coach Sam Darnold. You have Josh Rosen. You have so many attractive openings that the the Bengals to me feel like that traditional opening where who is going to really risk their career. And I guess that's the other thing is if you are a young guy would you really want to go to Cincinnati and that is going to be used against you if you fail there that, oh, he didn't work there? Like, that's why they're going to go hire someone who's already been around, um, or who's someone who is on their staff. Because if you're Zach Taylor, you're not, you're not going to Cincinnati. Yeah. And you're not going to go six and 10 there for three years and get fired. Um, and then not get another chance because people written you off because you were bad in your first stint. So I don't think. I mean, maybe we're, maybe we're selling the job a little bit short. Yeah, uh, we're, we're slapping the job in the face. That's, that's for sure. And that's why they're going to hire Hugh Jackson. They, they are. And, yeah. They're definitely going to hire Hugh Jackson. Um, by the way, Bengals have now requested head coach interviews with Josh McDaniels, Zach Taylor, and, uh, Rams pass game coordinator Shane Waldron. You almost wonder, I mean, I, I mean, Duke Tobin is their, uh, is their, uh, is their GM of sort of their, their, their football czar. I do wonder, like, Given the opportunity to hire someone that's not Marvin Lewis, I mean, like, is this guy is this guy really dumb enough to hire Hugh Jackson? How can you hire Hugh Jackson? <laughs> Had, are we sure Hugh Jackson wasn't fired? I mean, like, like, I mean, I, I just don't understand like how you could possibly hire Hugh Jackson. 
It just makes no sense. So because because they use, I mean, I don't agree with this, but how they rationalize it, I assume, is the reason Hugh Jackson left in the first place for the Cleveland job is because he did really well with Andy Dalton, and we can recreate that magic. And he was in Cleveland, and he never really, you know, he didn't get Baker until his last year, so you can't judge him. Uh, you can't judge his first two years because look at who he's working with. I like. I think there's. People find dumb ways to rationalize hiring your buddies in the NFL. I think we see it every single year. So Hugh Jackson, this is, this is what is going on with the Bengals right now per their official site. Currently, um, Marvin Lewis has been removed from the, the team's website. Bill Lazor is still listed as offensive coordinator. Darren Simmons listed as special teams coordinator. And all of the position coaches are, I think, still on here, uh, including special assistant to the head coach, Hugh Jackson. So Hugh Jackson's still employed. He's a special assistant to a position that doesn't exist. It's so perfect. It's so perfect. Like, like he's it's literally a nothing job. Yeah. He doesn't even have, he hasn't, he, he, it doesn't, it's not real. And, and it's amazing. It's so, it's he's so, assisting someone who doesn't exist. Exactly. There's no head coach. So he's, he's Dwight Schrute without Michael Scott. It's amazing. Um, I, I, I don't know what to make of it. I, I think they're going to probably do something like that. I hope they go out and hire somebody smart and young who will take the job and try to develop with the promise that they're going to have leeway to work. But I, it, it's hard to imagine that actually being the case. This is what I would say. I think if all 32 jobs opened up, just say there was mass chaos and you're having a fantasy draft of sure. coaches where you want to go, I think the Bengals would be 32nd. Wow. Really? I mean, I mean, maybe if, if we went through through them, I would change my mind. But who? Yeah. Off the top of my head, like I mean, eight of the jobs Detroit, open. Eight Detroit, of the maybe? eight of eight of the jobs opened up. Another twelve of the teams are in the playoffs. Um, and like, right. yeah. So yeah, maybe maybe so. I don't know. That's crazy to think. Detroit would be a, Detroit is. I don't think Detroit is a good job. Um, the Giants would be a better job than the Bengals, right? I think so. Yeah. Because, because I think they're also, I mean, they might bring back Eli this year, but I think yeah. at least in the next two years, they will be moving on post Eli. And I kind of feel like the Bengals. Jaguars? Are, are, Jaguars and Bills might be the only other yeah, answers. I was, well, the Bills at least, I mean, I'm no Josh Allen fan, but at least they have a quarterback that they've started this process of developing. That's true. I, I look at the Bengals and, you know, we asked John Breach, who's a Bengals fan, like, when are they going to move on Fanny Dalton? It doesn't seem like he's even entertaining the possibility yeah, of one of two. It's crazy. It's it's like it's like Stockholm syndrome or something with these dogs. Well, you're stuck in quarterback purgatory because yeah. he's good enough that when he's healthy, you're not going to be a three win team because he's not bad, but he's not good enough that if you're you know you're asking him to go win multiple playoff games and I mean we've never seen a playoff game, but if multiple playoff games, he's not going to go beat Mahomes in Kansas City. Like at least with you know these other teams like that aren't as good as the Chiefs, like the Colts or whatever, they at least have a guy Andrew Luck that you can say, oh, he could go anywhere and he could win that game. Andy Dalton's not doing that. That's that's a very fair point. It's a sad state of affairs. All right, was there any other buzz that caught your eye as you were looking to catch up on the uh, the the day's action in terms of in terms of what went down with the uh, the NFL? Nick Foles expected to play against the Bears. Does that make you nervous? I'm starting to think the Bears are going to smash the Eagles. Yeah, I saw. This is this is classic Brenton because you spent all podcasts 
trolling me or in weeks about how the Bears can't play the Eagles. Like, you don't want to play the Eagles. They're the last team you want to play. And then I log on to Slack and I look at like 7.30 in the morning. Mm-hmm. You're saying the Bears are going to blast the Eagles. Best, so you best, just, it's best case scenario for the Bears. Best case scenario for the Bears. Um, I mean, I would want Nick Sudfold to play, obviously. But oh. I think – a banged, no. up, a banged up Nick Foles behind an offensive line facing Khalil Mack. That I, could be a I'm going to be honest. I'm a little bit scared if Nick Foles has a rib injury. I'm a little bit scared for his sake what could potentially happen if Jeez. they don't protect him. Jeez. Uh, projecting death for old, uh, for old Nick Foles there. Any thoughts on, uh, me picking the Chargers to beat the Saints in the Super Bowl? It's the most predictable, the <laughs> most predictable pick. I mean, for the record, I did say yesterday on the podcast that I think it's going to be Chargers Bears, um, which is also the most Sean pick I could do. That is uh, a Sean pick. But I did pick the Saints before the season, so. Yeah, I should have picked the Saints and the Chargers before the season, but I wussed out. I'm so mad at myself for that. Uh, all right, let's get out of here. Uh, you got New Year's party plans to go to. I'm so sorry. My wife just left me. Wow, you are the guy replying to Adam Schefter right now. Uh, she she did. She got in the car and left with my son to go to a party. So I got to go catch up with them. Thank you, Sean. Were you me. supposed to go with them? Uh, no, she was fine with me catching oh, up. Okay. I'm just gonna Uber over there and then I'll 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 party with them afterwards. I, I just hope that she actually just left you without saying anything. Uh, no, she texted me and said we're gonna go ahead and go. Well, I was I told her I was like I probably have like ten more minutes recording, but Sean is an insider and he won't shut up with his his chatter about what's going on around the NFL. So let me go ahead and. Let's you just go ahead and go. Uh, follow Sean on Twitter at Sean J Wagner. Subscribe to the podcast, rate and review. Happy New Year's, everybody. Sean, I will talk to you soon, my friend.